Oborn and Heller on Cricket, brought to you by the Chiswick Calendar. Hello, it's Peter Oborn here, back from holidays in rather an overcast Wiltshire. Hello, it's uh, Richard Heller. Haven't had any holiday, um, and it's uh, pretty overcast here in south-east London. Now, Richard, we have back uh, one of the friends of the programme, a man who we've had so many instructive and very moving conversations with, but you should introduce him. Well, it's a great um, privilege to restart the podcast with, um, I think we can call him our friend, Kobus Olivier. Kobus is the... CEO of the Ukraine Cricket Federation. Uh, he still is, as we'll hear, he still is the CEO of the Ukraine Cricket Federation in spite of everything that's happened to Ukraine because the Federation is still in being. We spoke to Kobus in February and March, first when he was in besieged Kiev, dodging explosions and bombs and sheltering with his dogs. And a week later, he'd made it to a farm just near the Polish frontier. And... Um, Kobus, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's a great privilege to have you with us again. Tell us, first of all, though, um, what's happened to you since we last spoke? Quite a great deal. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Peter. Thank you very, very much for having me back. I think the last time we spoke, I was in Poland. Uh, I'm now in, uh, I'll give you a bit of a weather update, in a beautiful sunny autumn day, lovely weather here in Zagreb. And uh, I'm, I'm in Croatia. I've uh, made my way from uh, Poland into Croatia. Uh, it was sort of forced on me. I had no choice. Uh, in, I, I, I arrived in, in Poland eventually after my experience, if I can call it harrowing and scary experience in Kiev, being sort of uh, locked up in my apartment with explosions outside. I think that's the last time we spoke. Uh, I managed to make my way with my four dogs to, um, to Poland. And then uh, on my eighth day in Poland, I was sort of settling down in Warsaw uh, in a little cottage here with my dogs. Um, and uh, I, I was planning to, to wait out the war in Poland. Um, the, I, I was informed by the police and by my uh, South African ambassador in Ukraine that um, the Polish government has changed the law. Uh, they, at that stage, I think that over 1.2 million refugees in Warsaw alone, uh, Ukrainian refugees. So because I'm not a, a, a Ukrainian, I'm on a South African passport. So they call me a third country resident in Ukraine. I'm on a temporary three-year residence uh, permit or visa. So I was informed that they changed the law on my eighth day and that I've got basically seven more days, in total 15 days from the day when you arrived to get out of the country. Otherwise, I will be deported back to South Africa and my dogs will be put into a shelter. So um, leaving my dogs behind was never an option. So I bought a car, cash for a thousand euros. It basically depleted my, my budget at the time. Uh, at, uh, I think it was 12 o'clock in the night. I bought a car and six o'clock that morning, I had the dogs in the back and I started the long journey to the border uh, through Slovakia and through Hungary. It's about an 11 hour drive to make my way to, to Croatia. And even at the Hungarian border, I had an incredibly scary experience. They wouldn't let me through at the border because I didn't have a Schengen visa. And the more I showed my Ukrainian residency card, they just, they didn't speak English. And they said, I've got to go back to Poland where I've basically been deported. So I wouldn't be back allowed back in Poland. So I, I was stuck in Hungary and I couldn't stay there without a Schengen visa. So I spent two nights uh, in my car, sleeping in my car in the temperature was minus four degrees and I slept about five minutes away from the border. I parked my car in the in an open field and I spent two nights in the car with my dogs uh, on the phone with my ambassador, but it was on a weekend. So he said he can only help me on the Monday. That was on the Friday. So on the Monday, through my ambassador, calling the ambassador in, in Hungary and, and also the consular in Hungary, they managed to get me permission to, to go get through the border. But that was a, a, another really scary experience. So eventually I made my way to Zagreb and I've been here for, for the past five months now in, in Zagreb. I've got a little apartment here with my dogs. 
I know that lots of listeners will want to know how the dogs are, are, are getting on. How are they enjoying life in um, Croatia? I think the dogs actually, um, they've had a, a, a huge adventure. I mean, they're two years old in, in Kiev. It was a very, very uh, sort of, they were, they, they were very peaceful. It was sort of waiting the apartment for me till I get back from school. We had little walks. And then in one month, they, their whole world got turned upside down when back of cars, sleeping in cars, getting through borders. So I think they they really enjoying the, the peaceful life in Zagreb. I take them right next to a little park, my apartment. So in the mornings, I take them for a little walk. And uh, I'm, I'm not really working at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm only doing a cricket program three days a week for Ukrainian refugees. We we'll, can talk about that later. So I spend quite a bit of time at home. Um, and the dogs are just so happy to be around me. And they, they, they're really loving it, I think, at the moment. <laughs> the peacefulness, the quiet life. Kobus, um, when we last spoke, you, you talked about, and it was only just after the war had uh, begun, and you were, you were talking very eloquently about how the Ukrainian cricket scene uh, was starting to really thrive, not just uh, the Indian uh, students, uh, mainly, mainly, I think, from memory in Kharkiv, weren't they? Yes. But also, you know, local Ukrainians were starting to fall in love with the game. What's happened to all those uh, cricketers since we last spoke? Peter, unfortunately, at the moment, we very much, the senior cricketers are scattered over the world. Um, our Indian cricketers, which um, we've got a huge Indian sort of uh, uh, nucleus of players that we select our, our Ukrainian national team from. Uh, they all medical students uh, uh, in Kharkiv, or they were. Um, they obviously, Kharkiv, We've got bombed since the first day when the war started, and it's still, as we speak here, Kharkiv is getting bombed daily, uh, and and um, most of the buildings has been demolished. There, it's it really it's beginning to look like Mariupol. I saw some updated pictures recently, and and it's it's. I mean, there's not much left of Kharkiv, to be honest. And that wonderful state-of-the-art cricket. Uh, ground which you developed that's been destroyed i take it uh, we, we don't know we don't know no one has been able to to i mean nobody would go to kharkiv now it's, it's just you can't go there so we we don't know what's happening on the ground we just see pictures but the cricket ground is is just sort of on the outskirts so you don't see updated pictures but if i look at most of kharkiv the chances of the ground surviving, uh, uh, you know, uh, missile hits uh, or artillery hits is, is very slim. I, I can't see the cricket ground being intact at the moment after six months of, of Kharkiv being bombarded. But then these, these, these Indian students all got, I mean, they had a harrowing experience. They were, uh, most of them, almost all of them were stuck down in the metro in Kharkiv, right next to their hostel, um, which they used as bomb shelters. Uh, in, in all the cities in Ukraine, the, the metro stations were used as bomb shelters. So these students were down in the bomb shelters in Kharkiv. I had daily contact with them at the time on, on my mobile phone. They had Wi-Fi down there. Uh, and it was terrible. Some of them had their families there. Uh, one gentleman that's on our cricket committee, Zach, uh, was there with his wife and two kids. And they were literally stuck there for up to two weeks. And they started to run out of water, food. At one stage, all electricity was cut off there. They didn't have, you know, when, when the bombings go off and the air raid sirens go off, you don't have time to pack. You just run. You grab a top and what, whatever you have and you run into the shelter. So these guys were stuck there with no warm clothing, no food, and it, it was terrible. I mean, the guys with kids especially. So they then eventually got evacuated to Poland, and from there they, they all returned back to India. So our senior players, 99% are back in India now, but uh, we've got a few, three of our board members, that's Ukrainian citizens, Wayne, uh, Yuri, and another Yuri, because they've got uh, Ukraine, they are Ukrainian citizens, and they're in that fighting age, they call it in Ukraine, between the ages of, of 18 and 60. I think it's recently been uh, increased to 65. Uh, men are not allowed to leave Ukraine. They cannot cross the border. They're waiting to get called up to go to the war in Donbass. So these three gentlemen are, are stuck in Ukraine, and they are doing, all three of them are doing voluntary work, and especially Wayne and, and the one Yuri, they've got all, they work with the church there. 
and they have a, a, a little truck that they they went right into Mariupol, into the areas that's basically mm. getting bombed mm. at the moment, where they truck to take medical supplies, food to 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 people in the shelters, and their little van got bombed, uh, got got hit by a, by by Russian artillery about uh, two months ago. Yuri was in it. The 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 little van is a complete right of Yuri managed to. He's alive. He survived which I, I can't believe if you see pictures of the van. So these three gentlemen, they, they, uh, two of them play in our national side and they all three on the board. They're still in Ukraine and, and they daily, uh, you know, risking their lives doing humanitarian work in Ukraine. What a reminder of the heroism of yeah. so many Ukrainian people. Kurtis, before the war, Ukraine was an, an applicant for associate status with... Um, uh, the International Cricket Council uh, as an associate nation, cricket nation, and you'd uh, prepared that application. You had high hopes of its success. Um, despite the war, you were still pressing um, Ukraine's case with the ICC. What exactly did you hope they would do? Uh, Richard, I, I understand the criteria of the ICC. I've got a very uh, good understanding of the criteria. And Obviously, at the moment, in the midst of a war, we didn't meet uh, all the criteria. Uh, but I just felt for the for the ICC could have, you know, if if I look at a precedent has been set with Afghanistan, with Pakistan, at the moment, Afghanistan has got no women's cricket whatsoever. That's one of the main criteria is women's cricket. The ICC is passionate about women's cricket and to develop women's cricket. They don't have any women's cricket because of the Taliban uh, rules. Uh, so, and yet Afghanistan is playing international cricket. Afghanistan also, uh, one of my best friends, Ryan Marin, was appointed about a month ago as fielding coach uh, of Afghanistan national team. I speak to him on a daily basis. Uh, Ryan told me, you know, there is no way that team is going anywhere near Kabul. They, they based in India as well. They, they, uh, train there as a team and they travel from there to tour various tournaments so they also don't have a home ground uh, mm -hmm. and then you look at Pakistan uh, when I was in Dubai I used to go and watch all the Pakistan test matches in the Dubai stadium and in Saja because they were also uh, couldn't play in Pakistan now I think uh, I'm not going to get into a debate with that but I think not one of these countries were actually involved in an active war uh, uh, to the scale that 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 Ukraine is is uh, involved in a war with Russia at the moment, this is something unprecedented. Never in the history of the ICC as a country that's involved and busy fighting an active war applied for membership uh, or had an application for uh, to become a member of the ICC. So I really felt, and I still feel incredibly strongly about that that the ICC could have accommodated um, Ukrainian cricket. Uh, as if you look at precedent, again, precedence that's been set, the EU, uh, a process that Ukraine has been busy with for the, well, since I've been there and I was there for four years, they've been uh, working through that process to, to, to become a member uh, of the EU. Uh, the EU rushed that uh, applicant status through in a matter of weeks. And that's a process that normally would take years and Ukraine, literally within a month, if I'm correct, they 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 were given applicant status uh, to become a member of the EU. So it shows what can be done and how uh, you know. I think the ICC could have looked at that and at the general goodwill at the moment in the world, where the real world, the world is behind Ukraine and everybody is trying to to assist Ukraine in this war. And I really felt the ICC. Uh, didn't show any vision there. You know, they, they talk a lot about developing the game globally, but during this war, especially it being Ukraine at the moment, to stick, to just look at spreadsheets where we ticked off criteria and meet criteria, I think they, they sort of missed the bigger picture and they could have done a lot more. And I don't think there would have been any uh, uh, criticism or, or, or any resentment from any of the other members of the ICC if they uh, if they accommodated uh, uh, Ukrainian cricket uh, and and even I look at the letters of support messages of support of support I got from the cricketing community 
uh, that first month of the war, I got messages from the, from Middlesex, the MCC, Malta cricket. I, I can go through the list uh, of cricketing countries, uh, you know, telling us how they support Ukrainian cricket. So there would have been huge support. And if I can mention the one message that actually really touched me and that meant the most to me was the president of the Russian Cricket Federation, Mr. Chopra. Um, we had uh, regular communications before the war because uh, Russia's membership a year ago at the same meeting, MCC meeting, they got suspended because they weren't meeting all the criteria at the time, especially on the administrative side. And uh, I was actually, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been involved in, in cricket administration for a very long time. So I offered uh, my assistance, not necessarily uh, Officially through the Ukrainian Cricket Federation, my, my personal assistant. He's a really, really great guy. He's passionate about cricket and he's the father of cricket in Russia. So I, talk, I used to talk to him and offered my assistance to help them give advice almost in a consultancy sort of role to, to help Russia to, to get the house in order and to meet the criteria. So at this last meeting in Birmingham on the 26th of uh, July that Russia then uh, you know, could could become a member again, were given membership again. And then the second day of the war, I got a beautiful message from him. And Mr. Chopra said, uh, Quibus, you know, war should be, should be fought on a cricket field. We should battle it out on a cricket field. It should never be in our cities. And that made such an impression on me. That's very so, moving, isn't yeah, it? It is moving. So just to get it clear, the Russian Cricket Federation actually supported Ukraine's application to the ICC. So, Absolutely, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Chopra and myself became friends, and mm. uh, we we were we were genuinely. He was asking my assistance. We were speaking to each other. He he was very sick at the time. He was in hospital, so uh, you know it was very difficult for him to really uh, get things moving forward. Uh, he couldn't actively go to matches, meet his board members. It was all Zoom meetings. So so I, I assisted him a lot at that time. Uh, and and we spoke about and there was going to be more assistance in the last three four months before um, the ICC meeting and then the war started and obviously everything just fell apart. But I, I still feel you know even if I get got that kind of assistance for Ukrainian cricket from 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 Russia who was at war with Ukraine or, and still is I mean I I just feel the ICC could have done so much more to show their support because I, I see cricket, you know, they talk about the global family, global community. And I've always been so proud of that, about being a cricketer. I'm part of something much bigger than just cricket. I'm part of a global cricket community. When the first day I arrived in Poland, I was contacted. He followed me on Facebook. The, 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 the president of the Polish Cricket Federation contacted me the day I arrived in Poland. He said, I saw on Facebook you in Poland. Let's meet up, meet my board members, get involved with Polish cricket. And wherever you, we can assist you, we will. So it's been all the goodwill. And then I just felt the ICC really just uh, threw Ukrainian cricket under the bus. The ICC, I suppose, is thinking... Um, we can't admit a country which actually cannot play organised cricket at all at the moment. Um, and, I, you know, there is a certain... They're not passing judgment on why it can't play play cricket. It's just, a, I suppose it's, in their mind, might be just a, a, pra a simple practical point. There isn't any organised cricket available in this applicant nation. Uh, we can't um, We can't admit it to membership. What, you know, how do you feel about that argument? Uh, Richard, there, I, I, I must be honest, I, I, a lot of people I talk to that, that is not from Ukraine, uh, I'm sorry to say, but people follow this war, they don't have much of a choice, they follow it on Western media, and mm -hmm. the picture you see on your television on Western media and what's really happening on the ground in Ukraine is, is it's a different war. I mean, I've got friends in Kiev, my school reopened uh, two days ago. Uh, Aster School, where I'm director, uh, reopened. In, there is no war in Kiev. Uh, my friends in Kiev are sitting in coffee shops. They're going to restaurants. They're living an absolute normal life. The war is completely restricted to Kherson at the moment and in the Donbass area in the east, which is miles away from Kiev. Uh, there were explosions some time ago in Kiev. Uh, uh, I think the last one was more than a month ago. So there is no war in Kiev. Our Junior cricket is not in Kharkiv. It's all 
concentrated in Kiev, and that's the program that I've set up over the past three years, and I've worked tirelessly on that program. As we sit here today, there will be sport lessons in 10 Aster schools. Uh, the Aster schools, it's a chain of schools. I'm director of the Aster school in Mishagori. I've I, I put a cricket uh, program in place over the past few years that passed the, the, the criteria of the ICC with flying colors. I mean, they said it's one of the best junior programs that they've seen from an associate member. We, as far as I know, we are one of the only applicant associate member that's got cricket as a part of the physical education curriculum in Ukrainian schools. Uh, I was um, in Holland with the KNCB, Koninklijke Nederlandse Cricket Bond, for two years in 2000. Now, that's uh, 22 years ago. I was there for two years. I was development officer and national youth coach. And I started in, uh, uh, installing cricket in the uh, schools in, as part of the physical education uh, curriculum. And when I left in 2002, that program just never got off the ground. And recently, uh, Ryan Campbell, the coach at sadly had the heart attack a while ago. Uh, Rich, uh, he did a, in the interview, he said one of the biggest, uh, if I can call it problems in Dutch cricket, it's that there's no cricket in schools. Mm -hmm. Now, I set up that program. So as we do speak now, in 10 schools, well, it's a Saturday, but on Monday, in 10 schools, uh, Uster schools, all the kids in the school uh, from grade one up to grade 12 will be playing cricket daily as part of the PE curriculum program. Uh, they play basketball, volleyball, and cricket is one of those sports. And then we have a huge school, uh, Lyceum Number 1. It's got 1,800 children. I worked very closely with a physical education and head of sport uh, teacher there, uh, uh, Pavel, Ukrainian gentleman. He did the Level 1 uh, UCF, Ukrainian Cricket Federation certificate course with me. Uh, he was awarded by me his Ukrainian Cricket uh, Federation certificate. So he's a qualified softball cricket coach. The school was awarded an uh, award as a accredited Ukrainian cricket school, which I also instigated that program. So we've got 11 schools and in one school alone, 1,800 children, all Ukrainians, no expats, all playing cricket daily. They played uh, on Friday. They'll be playing on Monday daily. So to say there's no active cricket in Ukraine, uh, yes, there's no senior cricket, but the junior cricket is, it's continue as, as, as before the war, nothing has changed. So I think they, they missed that one to, to, it shows that they clearly don't have an understanding uh, of, of the real situation in Ukraine. There is no war in Kiev, people are playing cricket. All the juniors are playing cricket. That's amazing. Hmm. Now, the ICC has sent observers into Afghanistan, but clearly they haven't sent any observers into, into unoccupied Ukraine, have they? I mean, they haven't, yeah. they haven't sent anybody to look at the situation directly, have they? Uh, Richard, just... yeah, I'll again be very honest. I think in my dealings with the ICC, they are under the impression that there's bombs flying all over mm. Ukraine and, you know, they'll get bombed and they can't go to Kiev. Yes, you can't fly into Kiev at the moment. There, there's, you know, the airspace is, is, cl is closed for commercial airlines. But, uh, you know, various world leaders uh, has been uh, visiting Kiev. Boris Johnson was there, as I think about a week ago, he was in Kiev. So it's very easy. You go to Poland or Hungary and you go by train and it's a five, six hour journey and you're in Kiev. So there is no reason really for the ICC not to go. And I actually asked them repeatedly before, uh, before the, the ICC membership uh, meeting, uh, committee meeting in, in Birmingham, can the, the, the regional head, Mr. Andrew Wright, who's based in Lords, he's the European regional head office uh, uh, head, could, could Andy maybe just go from London? It would be so easy for him. Just go to Kiev for two days, see the cricket, walk around the schools and see. But they are genuinely under the impression that you can't go near Ukraine at the moment. Mm. The whole Ukraine is getting blown up. So I think that that, that would have made a lot of sense to me. I'll tell yeah. you something. I've been following the war pretty carefully uh, and um, bear in mind that the ICC is controlled by India uh, the, India runs the ICC and it, it is, and it's in, uh, in, in its offices are in UAE now India's position on the war is uh, neutral it's actually abstained um, on successive votes in the UN 
Security Council, the General Assembly, the Human Rights Council, which actually did condemn Russian aggression. India has abstained. It won't get involved. And actually, one Indian diplomat, uh, Indian scholar, talked about India having a subtle pro-Moscow position. So I can, is that, is it possible that there would be a political reason why the ICC uh, would uh, actually not want to make what could be interpreted by the Russians as a political statement by recognizing uh, Ukraine? Peter, uh, incredibly good point you're bringing up there. Uh, one has to be very careful these days when you uh, debate the war or get into discussions. But uh, my uncle, my father's brother, Dr. Harrod Willafir, was South Africa's um, ambassador in Moscow for five years. He actually was the first South African ambassador to be appointed to, to Moscow. And he had meetings with a quite a young Vladimir Putin then. And uh, he worked, <laughs> actually, he worked together with uh, Mr. Gorbachev that passed away, that's getting buried today. And uh, he's got a, he wrote a book, he published a book on the Kremlin. And uh, I spoke to him about, we've had about three conversations on this issue in the past month or two, uh, because he followed this whole process of me applying for membership and we're very close. And to be very honest with you, he's, he, he spoke very, much along the same lines as you. He said, because I was incredibly optimistic. I was convinced we would get associate membership. And my uncle warned me, he said, Kubis, don't get too optimistic. There's a lot of politics involved here that you are not aware of. And, uh, you know, be optimistic, but be carefully optimistic because there's a lot of things you, you don't know that could be going on. So very much uh, saying what you're saying, Peter. Mm. And uh, that is upsetting, really, for those of us who feel that cricket should be the ICC should be managing international cricket, not becoming a political organization, as it has done also, of course, with India cricket against um, uh, Pakistan. Um, can I just go back to Russia for a minute? Just to get the position clear, Russia had already been suspended from the ICC. Its membership had already been suspended for administrative reasons before the war, for reasons which had nothing to do with the war. Yes. Now, so we've got a situation, is this right, when Russia effectively is unpunished. Um, it's already been punished. Russia is unpunished because of the war, but um, Ukraine cricket is um, a victim of the invader. Is that, is, that, is that a fair summary of what the ICC has achieved? Richard, I, I, I can only say uh, I, I wish the ICC had your knowledge on this whole situation and could see it the way you see it, because those were my first words. I, I did an interview with Forbes uh, on the same day that it was announced by the ICC on the 26th of July, the day after my birthday. This membership was going to be my big birthday present. Uh, my birthday is 25th of July. And uh, Tristan from Forbes did an interview with me the same day. And my first words to Tristan was, Tristan, I don't believe this. Russia is waging a war that is killing thousands of civilians. Uh, close to, I believe now, it's close to 9.8 million Ukrainians had to flee the country. They're refugees in other countries. And, and we don't, I mean, thousands of soldiers are getting killed, civilians, children. They They've absolutely nothing uh, from the ICC side. There's no punishment for Russia. Uh, and Ukraine is getting, we, we're the victims of this war. We are getting punished for the war. Uh, that is exactly what I said. So you've, you've just said exactly, how, this is exactly how I'm feeling about this. This fellow, Andy Wright, maybe we should put a little bit of heat on him. He's, um, as you say, I'm just looking at him on the and Googling him. He's the regional development manager Europe at the ICC, supporting associate. This is what it says on his LinkedIn thing, supporting associate member nations on the on the continent, growing the sport of cricket in their respective countries. He seems to be falling down in his duty, uh, as stated on his LinkedIn profile. He's not supporting them. He's uh, and he, he wants to sit on his arse in London, but shouldn't he go to uh, 
Kiev and see what's going on. Just test out your claim that there's a lot of cricket being played there at the moment. Uh, Peter, yeah, what, 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 where are we? Uh, I have to say to Andrew's, um, Andrew Wright's credit, uh, during the process that we basically worked for a year and a half on, on this process. It was a long process. You have to meet uh, its pages and pages of criteria. Uh, and, and he was incredibly helpful and he guided us through that process. But uh, it's a comment I often made to him. I said, Andy, London, it's like a, from Kiev, it's a four hour flight. I think because he works for the ICC, he probably can fly a business class. I said, get on a flight, watch a movie, have a few drinks on the plane, sleep, you're in business class, and you fly straight into Boris Poling Kiev. During this one and a, probably one and a half year process of Ukrainian working on this uh, application, not once did he, did he actually come to Kiev. I invited him so many times. I said, Andy, come for a weekend. I'll help you find a nice apartment, a nice, we go to, to Kharkiv for a day or two. You can watch some of our league cricket. Uh, come and see what we're doing. See it on the ground. He said, no, no, once you become a member, then there'll be maybe regular visits. But I also have my doubt about that because I was in Kenya for one year as CEO of Cricket Kenya in 2014. And uh, I worked under a gentleman called Richard, um, Richard Doan. He's now involved with American uh, Cricket Federation. But Richard was uh, the job that Andy is occupying now uh, actually, Richard, sorry, he was in, in Dubai. He was the head of the whole global development uh, department. And in, in my year in Kenya, not one ICC member ever visited Kenya. And we played in that year, we played a T20 qualifying tournament in Dubai. We played a World Cup qualifying tournament in New Zealand. And there was just no, no visits. They, they never come and see you. They all sit in offices in London and Dubai uh, you know, I, I have I go as far as to say living the good life, and they mm. don't want to go into places like Nairobi, uh, Kiev. It's not it's not really nice uh, it's, places. It's, it's just dwelling on Kenya. I mean, it's a fantastic cricketing nation, which potentially ought to have Test match status. I mean, came it, very it, it, came I, close to Test status, didn't it? In the uh, in the two thousands, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, I just want to take an opportunity of using this program. We'll, we'll invite, we'll be writing to Mr. Wright uh, at the ICC, and we'll be inviting him to come on this program to explain himself, to put the points uh, which you've made, um, uh, Kobus, you've made so eloquently, and asking him why he hasn't gone to Ukraine, why he hasn't considered, uh, why they've abandoned the Associate Nation project for Ukraine, uh, it's made me angry and upset um, having this conversation. I'm sure Mr. Bright will be want to um, explain what's really going on. Anyway, um, um, we will give that invitation. We'll suspend judgment on the ICC until he's given it. But um, can you just tell us, Kerbus, what was the practical impact of the decision on Ukrainian cricket? Uh, ICC's rejection of the application. Um, I think you'd have got some... ICC funds uh, as an associate, you know, what sort of sum would have been involved? But it's also tell us about the non-financial impact. Um, what does it do in terms of um, the ability to organize teams as Ukrainian teams uh, in exile for international tournaments? And what does it do to the motivation to um, keep cricket, Ukrainian cricket alive? I'll start with the first uh, question, the first part of your question, uh, the funding. I mean, you know, I've, I've been involved in cricket administration for a very long time and you cannot even run, uh, you cannot manage and, and, and function as a cricket club uh, without any funding. I mean, I know you're the president of the Bushman Club with no funding. You can't host a match on a Saturday. You need some funding to pay the groundsman, to, to, to prepare the wicket, to cut the lawn, uh, the outfield. So with zero funding, you, you can't, as I say, run a, a cricket club, uh, never mind running a cricket federation with a senior league consisting of almost 400 uh, uh, players, a junior program in schools where you have close to 4,000 
Ukrainian children has gone through this program in the past two, two well, three years since I've started this program. So with no funding whatsoever. And one of the things that happened previously, I used to very much finance this cricket program through my schools. You know, the school provides the facility, they pay the physical education teachers, they don't need extra money. But the day the war started, the schools closed down. They're reopening now, but there's no money in the schools because a lot of the children have left. Uh, three of our schools have, has been seriously damaged. The school in Irpin was badly damaged by the Aster School in Irpin by, by Russian artillery. So they're spending money uh, rebuilding the schools, some of the schools. And as I said, a lot of our children and parents are in exile. They're refugees in other countries. So they can't, and parents now can't afford to pay the school fees to a private school that they paid before the war. So there, there is no money available now uh, to you know, spend any money on cricket. They've got other priorities. And the ICC grant, when you become a, a first-time associate member of the ICC, uh, you get a, a starting level a grant of $18,000 for the first year. Now, 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 that grant would have made all the difference. Our, with that $18,000 in the real junior cricket, I'm busy with an unbelievable program here in Zagreb. I hope you don't mind if I talk a little bit about this program. Uh, in this Absolutely not. That's why we. That's why we invited we're you. We're on. coming on to it. Yeah. Mm. So if I can lead into that, uh, you know, cricket is what I do. I I've, can't imagine. I can't remember a day in my life when I didn't play cricket. Uh, when I was ten years old, I think in my last interview, I was telling you Bob Wilmer was my coach. Uh, I played in England. It's it's been my life. I mean, cricket is what I do. Um, and um, you know, when I arrived in Zagreb. It's, a, it's actually quite a funny story. I went for a walk in a park my second day with my dogs and I saw seven kids, seven boys playing football, but they were speaking Russian. You know, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this also, but in Ukraine, 90% of the population speaks Russian. Um, they use uh, Ukrainian language as uh, uh, in schools and universities, but all the lessons are in Ukrainian, but the kids, when they talk to each other and to the teacher outside of the classroom, they speak Russian. So I heard these kids speaking Russian and I walked over to them immediately and I said, hey guys, where are you from? No, we're from Ukraine. And uh, they were all from Kharkiv. And I started talking to them and I said, guys, have you ever played cricket? They said, no. And I carry a cricket, little plastic mini cricket, we call it quick <laughs> cricket, I think in <laughs> UK. Oh. I, I in my rush, I took a backpack literally with me and my four dogs to get out of the apartment. I had no, I couldn't pack anything, but I grabbed this little plastic bat. And I think in the back of my mind, I sort of thought it's some kind of protection. If something happens on the road, you know, I'm going through a war zone, at least uh, I, I can defend myself with this little plastic cricket bat. So I had this bat with me. And funnily enough, I then met these kids and I said, if you want to come to the park tomorrow, I, I can meet you here and we can play some, I'll show you a new game cricket. So that afternoon on my way home, there's a sports shop uh, and I walked in quickly into sport and I bought a, uh, two, two tennis balls. And uh, I then started, and I also used a little bat to hit balls for my dogs. I hit the tennis balls. My arm is <laughs> a bit gone from all the throws during my cricket career. So I used a bat to hit the tennis balls for my dogs to fetch. So the, the next day I went to the park, I started playing cricket with these seven kids, show them how to hold the bat catching. And you will not believe me. That's, that's now, we started on the 17th of May that week. And I started what I call this cricket program in Zagreb with seven refugees. Today at six o'clock, we've got a training session in the park. I've now got a telegram uh, social media group where we communicate of 97 mostly mothers remember the kids are four five six seven years they don't go on, on telegram so i've got 97 mothers mostly mothers that is on this group that's part of our cricket group they all have at least one child most have two some have three so we've now got a group of more than 200 ukrainian refugees mothers and kids in uh, together playing cricket on tuesday thursday and saturdays in the park we meet at six o'clock uh, and then we finish at about uh, uh, 7.30. We play about 90 minutes and then we all sit. And I've been buying pizzas for them uh, out of my pocket. Uh, I always joke, I say, because I'm a refugee myself now. I've had no salary since February from either the 
school or the Ukrainian Cricket Federation, which I understand because of the war. So I, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm absolutely, I've been eating potatoes with my dogs, but I'm buying pizzas for the kids because I'm just passionate about this. So afterwards, I order eight large pizzas and we all sit, the mothers, kids, and we sit and talk. And I say that is where I call it the healing. The cricket is unbelievable. One mother said to me, about a week ago, two weeks ago, she came to me. She said, you know, Quivers, what you're doing here, these kids, about uh, three, four, five months ago, they were uh, listening to the sound of, of Russian artillery, um, the air raid sirens. Now I come to the park, I close my eyes, and the sound of the uh, tennis balls, or uh, we've got rubber balls as well, hitting little plastic bats, sound a bit like like gunshots it's a boom sound and i close my eyes and i hear the sound of balls on cricket bats replacing the sound of artillery fire i hear the sound of children laughing replacing the sound of air sirens and she said you you don't know what this does to me as a mm. mother and uh, i mm. think and i call it like it's all it's much more than cricket this program and 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 i, I call it the healing these kids are healing i mean the trauma they went through so when we sit and eat pizzas, they all network, the mothers talk, the kids sit and play. And I took a lot of videos and in my own time at home, I look at these videos when I, at times it, it's tough for me as well. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've also been through quite a lot with my dog and to go there, put up a brave face. I can never arrive there like depressed or I've always got to put on the happy face. And I, I play with these kids. And then sometimes in my sort of dark, times as well in my apartment with the dogs thinking about I don't know what my future holds um, I get close to thinking well maybe I just go and find a job and, and not do this cricket and I look at these videos and I see these little kids laughing eating pizza uh, when I come to cricket they all run up to me uh, they call me Oliver 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 this is actually amazing they've been testing the air raid sirens here in uh, in Zagreb for the every week weekend they test the sirens because people are afraid in the Balkans that there could be Russian attacks eventually so you can hear the sirens I think in the background now I'm not sure if you can hear it yes we but, can uh, yes we can yeah you hear the sirens going off so yes so so these kids uh, this program in the park has become my absolute it's so much more than just cricket uh, I do English speaking clubs with them they talk about their prop uh, pro some of the kids are very open and they start discussing their problems fitting into Croatian schools now making new friends um, most of them live from from handouts from Red Cross so they, they've got an incredibly tough life here. And then this cricket is just two hours of, of forgetting about the war. I think our coach Anna said that as well. During the, this time, they forget about the war. Hmm. We've spoke to Anna, your coach, with you a few days ago, um, Kobus. And um, I'd like to hear, uh, this might be a good moment to hear from Anna and what the, um, the programme has meant to her and um, how she's got deeply involved in cricket as a result. In Ukraine, I don't see cricket. I don't hear about cricket. When I come in Zagreb, I walk in the park and I see so many people join, small children join, their smiles, they are running. And I'm going to see what happened. Maybe some celebrated, maybe happy birthday. And I come and I see all a child um, jog in ball and um, two minutes for me come uh, Oliver. I have daughter and uh, we play together. We start play together because she likes ball and uh, it's a good experience. How many coaches are involved with, with you? Um, are you doing this all on your own? I can't believe that. Oh, uh, other, you... For me, help mother. Uh, Mother of this child, mother, mm -hmm. grandmother, uh, they come and play with us. We play together. It's a good team. It's family team. So you, so, so you, the children got their families to help them. Yes, help yes, you as yes, well. yes. That's very nice. Um, and um, must make the children happy and um, and active. But um, tell us a bit about what it means to them. It must be very difficult for them to be in a foreign country away from their country after um, being caught up in a war. T 
Tell us what cricket has done for the children. Oh, the first one, um, uh, all this uh, child left uh, his uh, house uh, and father fight uh, in Ukraine with, with Russia, uh, fight hmm. and uh, they come with mother. They are without friends, without uh, uh, her house, their house, without um, some job, without friends. It's lonely. It's a child of war. They come in Zagreb and um, when they come in our training, we, we as a big family. We are from Ukraine, we uh, stay together, we play together, we uh, talk about uh, what we do, what we find, who, who go in school. Uh, it's cricket, it's like um, our little uh, meeting where we can so, do all, all, talk, smile, running. That's wonderful, and you can support each other um, in that way, um, can't you? And. Um, would have been very lonely for people without it. Tell us a little bit more about what cricket has done for the children and their mothers away. Is it, apart from giving them a social life, does it help them, you know, achieve calm after the trauma they've been through? Uh, when we play, we forget about war. We forget that we are in another country, that we have so many problems, that we uh, without work. We it's forget all because we enjoy our children smile and we are so happy. Cobus, it was lovely to speak to Anna and hear from her at first hand how cricket is helping um, children and families in exile in Croatia. We mentioned earlier that uh, she's now a coach. Tell us how that came about. One of the, the mothers came to me. She's a single mom from Ukraine and she's got a little girl uh, of two years old, Varvara, she approached me about a month ago and she said uh, she's been at every session playing with Varvara, throwing balls, helping other kids. And uh, she learned very quickly and she was actually teaching other children. She said, uh, you know, uh, Oliver, I, I went on the Internet and I looked, I told them about the ICC. And she said, I went to Google this ICC and I saw that they're doing an online cricket coaching course. Uh, I can't do the level one because it's a practical uh, site where you have to do a practical exam, which she obviously can't do. We've got no one here from the ICC that can come and, uh, 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 you know, uh, give her the practical exam. But she said, but there's an ICC foundation coaching course that you can do online. And it's really difficult. She said, it will take me a month. It takes about a month to do that course. And uh, I was so busy with the kids. I sort of just with one year, I said, oh, that could be fantastic, Anna. Because, uh, but I said this week, it, with, I, I can start a, a Ukrainian Cricket Federation certified softball cricket coaching course with you, like I did with Pavel, the PE teacher that's now certified in, in Ukraine. So that week at every practice, I would work with her. We would meet an hour before practice and I would go through all the different skills with her. And I then awarded her. After two weeks, I did a, tech, a, a practical exam with her myself and a theory exam, and she passed this exam and she got a, a Ukrainian Cricket Federation uh, a coaching certificate. And about last week, she came up to me, she said, Oliver, I've completed my ICC Foundation uh, cricket course online. Uh, it takes, I've, I've passed the exam. And they told me from Dubai, the ICC informed me, they sent me email that within a week, I will receive my ICC Foundation course uh, certificate, which makes her the only, remember, I'm not Ukrainian. She will be the only Ukrainian ICC certified cricket coach in the whole of Ukraine. And as we're sitting here in Croatia, she'll be the first uh, ICC accredited coach in Croatia. So it's just unbelievable. And two months ago, this girl has never seen a cricket ball in her life. Mm. But that came from her. She came and saw this and did it. So she just developed an absolute passion for cricket. And the amazing thing about this is she's now teaching other mothers and she's telling them about this ICC uh, uh, course, the foundation course they can do online. So as far as I know, two of them, another Anna and another mother is already started this course with the ICC. So what I foresee is in, in the next couple of months, we're going to have four, five, six and more. Uh, of these Ukrainian refugee mothers becoming accredited ICC uh, cricket coaches. 
And, and that is just, I mean, this is what the ICC missed, to take me back to the ICC. Can you imagine after the war, we've got 15, 20 Ukrainian ICC certified coaches going back to different cities in Ukraine. They're not all from Kiev and they will do cricket. They, they, they're ICC certified coaches. So they could have grown this program by taking this opportunity to support this program in Zagreb. After the war, we could have had, well, we're on 200 now. The war is not uh, going to end anywhere in the near future, by all accounts. We could have had five, 600 Ukrainian children that plays cricket three times a week, going back to Ukraine, to different cities, different schools, all playing cricket, and up to maybe 20 or more certified Ukrainian cricket coaches spread in different areas and cities and villages in Ukraine. This was opportunity for the ICT to grow cricket in Ukraine like we never had before the war. This presented a unique opportunity. And if you allow me to say this, the implication of this is, and that is what I try to explain to the ICC, but they missed this. Um, what would happen now with all these Ukrainians playing cricket the senior cricketers are not playing any cricket at the moment. That's, that's basically came to a halt. So now you've got these 200 plus Ukrainian young cricketers of all ages, boys and girls, with women. These women are, are, are not old. They, they've got young kids. So these women now all play cricket. They coach. They After the war, Ukraine could have, just from these women, we could have fielded an unbelievable Ukrainian national side with a women's team that could compete in all the ICC tournaments representing Ukraine mm. uh, as a women's team. And our juniors would be, when they, in a couple of years' time, they'll be under 15, 17, and in time, Ukraine could have had a national Ukrainian men's site that consists of 11 Ukrainians. Now, show me one associate member that's got, got that. Uh, so it's actually, it presented unbelievable opportunities. And the last one is for these kids to represent Ukraine. You know, at the moment, they are so proud to be Ukrainians. Uh, again, one of the mothers told me our husbands and their fathers are dying in the war at, as we sit here and play cricket. These kids representing Ukraine on the cricket field in Ukrainian uniforms. She said, this is where we would fight and we have our battle for Ukraine and do our bit would be on the cricket field for these children. That's how they feel. And unfortunately, well, we'll have to wait and see if we get any funding from somewhere, it's not going to come from the ICC. They've done nothing to support us. At that meeting in Birmingham afterwards, they did a, a press release and they said they give their ongoing support for Ukrainian cricket and the process, but the membership application has been deferred. Now that is 26th of July. They very well aware of this program in the park. It's been in global media, it's been in Forbes, it's been in emerging cricket. They have not contacted me once or made any effort to support this program. So there's been no support. So that was all just talk. Uh, they're not supporting Ukrainian cricket. Clemens, we've spoken to some of the children in the project. They have developed tremendous enthusiasm and commitment to cricket. Um, and they're very much going to represent the future of cricket for Ukraine when, as we all hope they'll be able to get back. They're going to stay committed to cricket if they get back to, if and when they get back to Ukraine. Um, one of them was um, 13-year-old Sveta, and she's talked to us about the what cricket has given to her. Hello, my name is Sveta. I'm thir 13 years old, and uh, I'm from Odessa. It's the town of Ukraine. First of all, I want to thank Oliver and, uh, and Anna for recommending this amazing game. I really like it, and... Uh, when I played, I really enjoyed, especially when I hit the ball or... But most of all, I like throwing the ball. And uh, when I first came to this place, uh, many thoughts were in my mind. Like, what if I will have no friends? Or uh, what if I will be not good at, at this game? But I was mistaken. This is very good. Uh, thanks for Oliver again and Anna. Because of them, I have friends. I want to reiterate here that we will be inviting uh, Andrew Wright or anybody else from the ICC to come back and answer these criticisms because they're important. ICC yeah. is about spreading uh, cricket around the globe, not uh, inhibiting its its rise. And particularly, if you compare, I want other points I would make to them. You know, if you compare how they've 
continued to have relations with Afghanistan since the uh, Taliban seized control, um, or sort of allowed, you know, when when Pakistan was a very difficult country to go to because of terrorism, you know, that they enabled or you know matches Pakistan to play its matches abroad. So in war torn situations, they have come to the help of countries which are temporarily in a bad way, uh, and I can't. I'd like to ask the ICC why they aren't doing the same for Ukraine. Because um, the ICC isn't supporting your programme, have you had any support from um, outside organisations? Uh, yes, um, Richard, which is actually fantastic. The Lord Stavenis has been amazing. Uh, through a friend of mine, Neil Radford, he's in Worcester, he played for England, played for Worcester. And Worcestershire. Yes. Oh, what, a, what a fine bowler he was. <laughs> but, but Neil is a very close friend of mine from my South African days in Johannesburg. Deadly he kid. was for Worcester, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but Neil is a member of the Lord Stavenis and he uh, spoke to uh, people at Lord Stavenis and they made a donation of eight boxes full of Munich softball cricket equipment uh, that they've sent to us. Uh, it came via, with a, a track via Lithuania, and that is now here. My, a lot of it is sitting in boxes in my apartment. Uh, the back of my car is full of cricket equipment. So that allows me to, to run this program in the park. I've got equipment. But uh, our biggest needs at the moment is uh, winter is starting. Uh, it's going to be quite cold here in a, another month from now. And it's going to get dark quite early. Um, so we, we won't be able to play cricket in the park anymore. We need desperately to... Uh, find an indoor facility. I've looked at a few facilities, but it's not cheap because you can imagine in winter there's huge competition. They want to play basketball, indoor football, there's other sports. They, they've got money behind them. Uh, we've got no funding, so uh, we can't compete. We actually can't rent uh, space in an indoor facility. So if we don't find a space very soon, that would be the end of this program, uh, of this cricket program. And also, I've planned. Uh, I've been planning this for months now uh, to to host a Ukrainian Freedom Cup tournament for these kids. Uh, I, it's never been done. It's all softball cricket. They from the ages to six to fifteen, where these refugees, well, my best little players will make up two or three sides. Uh, I select teams, boys and girls mix softball cricket format, eight overs a side. And I've already spoken to people in Prague at the Czech Republic. I think Anna mentioned it, Hungary, Serbia, Italy, uh, and I'm trying to get these uh, countries, but they also said they can't afford to bring teams here. At, they don't have the funding. So with funding, I can contribute toward their costs to come here. They'll come by road in buses uh, and then one night's accommodation. It will be a Saturday, Sunday. So I'll assist them with accommodation here. I've already found a beautiful hostel where all these visiting teams can stay. And I need uniforms and little Ukrainian caps, Ukrainian uniforms for my little kids with their names printed on the back. And I want to, and I'll have to again pay for a ground where we can play, probably one of the local schools. So I want to host this Ukrainian Freedom Cup where these little kids can represent Ukraine in an international tournament against other countries. I mean, you know, they were sitting in bomb shelters three weeks ago, now they're playing for Ukraine with their flag, the parents supporting them, the whole Ukrainian community in, 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 uh, in Croatia. There's now 17,000 refugees here. They will all come to support these kids at the tournament. It will be unbelievable for them. So, but funding is at the moment. This is either going to stop completely if we don't get any funding. Uh, so I just pray that 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 there some people in the cricket community, maybe some cricket clubs, cricket counties, uh, will come to our assistance and support us in this program. Well, I think a lot of listeners would like to support it too, support those objectives. This program, the future of uh, Ukraine cricket, and we're providing a link to um, enable them to do so on the description of this podcast. Um, one further question, um, Kobus: Has the British Embassy been to look at your um, been to pro been to look at your program? Britain sends a big quantity of aid to Ukraine, but for a tiny addition, I think um, British people would welcome the chance to help um, the future of Ukraine cricket. Have the British Embassy had a look at you, uh, Richard? That's a very good question. I've been quite surprised that we haven't heard from uh, the British Embassy yet because. Uh, 
10 days ago, our program in the park was featured on the national uh, uh, Croatian television news. They uh, sent their broadcasting team out to the park. They were there for two hours. They, they uh, then edited it. And that was that evening, it was uh, on the national Croatian television uh, news about our program. So I'm sure the British uh, embassy must be aware of us. And I'm, I'm, I am quite surprised that they haven't been to us, uh, but we haven't heard from anyone. We've had no, apart from the uh, equipment from Lord Stavenis, we've had no financial support whatsoever. I've had a few friends, some of my friends in Dubai, sending like $50, uh, $20 to help with the pizzas. I've asked them because I can't afford it. So they've helped me sporadically, but in total, it's probably about $150 that we've that they've sent me to help buying the pizzas, but that's it. The, the British ambassador in Croatia is called Simon Thomas. And uh, so let's hope that he wakes up. I might drop him a line and ask him and I'll send him a, a copy of the of the um, of this conversation so he can update himself. In the meantime, Cobus, it's been wonderful talking to you again. I'm so glad that um, you're bringing joy and hope to the uh, to Ukrainian children in exile in um, in Croatia through cricket. And the very best of uh, luck with the program and, um, and indeed with your future. It's absolute privilege to be on your program. I, 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 it's not my first time. I've been on a few times. And I really, every time I look forward to talking to you guys. And as you said, Quivis is a friend of the program. Uh, you have become friends of, of mine and, and my dogs. So thank you so much for having me back again. And thank you for supporting and for, for creating awareness for this program for Ukrainian refugees. At the end of the day, it's not about me, it's about these kids. Thank you so very much. It's a great pleasure to talk to you, uh, Kobus, and it's goodbye from me, Peter Oborn, in a still overcast Wiltshire. It's goodbye from me, Richard Heller, in similar conditions in Southeast London. <laughs>